0: This is K-pop Sunday brought to you by K-pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday.
1: We are your hosts, Onyx Man and JR. Welcome to episode twelve. Today we're gonna be talking about how to learn more about K-pop. This includes mostly what we use to research for our episodes, as well as our K-pop of the day blogs that we've written in the past, and what we'll be using to research for our future projects. We're gonna start off with the sources you might know from before and then go to more obscure ones. So let's start off with the more obvious ones.
2: All right, I'll start us at the beginner level. The first one we're gonna talk about is Wikipedia. The good thing about Wikipedia is that for the most part, the information is real and cited, and you can always look at the bottom of the page for citations and click on it, and it'll give you either a link or the book that it's from and where you can find that. It also lists reality shows, awards, and music show wins of the specific group that you were looking for, and usually the date that they got those awards slash wins on but this is not true of every K-pop group on wikipedia just to let you know a lot of times you can find some obscure groups on there although for the most part they are more of the well-known groups that have really fully fleshed out wikipedia pages if you go on the korean wikipedia page you can find even more artists and groups and most web browsers nowadays have google translate embedded into the page itself so you can click on that and the page will translate albeit not necessarily in a way that is very understandable but you can at least get an idea of the information you're looking for. Also one of their best features in our opinion is the timeline for members in groups. Wonder Girls is a good one to look at for reference to what I'm saying but they tend to list out all the members that were in a group at one time and give you a map essentially of how long they were in the group and what year they left. So yeah Min why don't you go on to the next one for us.
1: Generation? I'm not sure if that's how you're we supposed to pronounce it but that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> I think that's It's a wiki page, like a knock of Wikipedia, all about Asian music. It has a lot of pretty obscure Korean artists and groups, though it does lack a lot of indie groups in my experience? And a lot of the time there won't be a lot of information on a group, but at least there will be some dates and member lineup changes. Since it's a wiki, the information is crowdsourced, so you're free to add stuff and edit them as you please. So in the same line as in with Wikipedia, you should also just quickly double check sources and whatnot when you take information from them.
2: The next source that we're going to talk about is YouTube and YouTube has a lot of different ways to go about looking into groups. One of the ones that we want to mention first off is One the K. They're a digital content distribution channel and it's owned by Loan Entertainment. So the way this works is that companies will sell the rights to One the K and that means that they are able to put up the music videos onto the page. So if you're a K-pop fan and you're subscribed to One The K, you may be exposed to groups that you would not have necessarily known about before because their music video will show up on there. That is why you will see multiple groups on one channel even though they are not necessarily connected through a company or something like that. Another thing about One The K is they have a subgroup called One The K Originals and K-pop groups will go to a studio and film mini one-episode reality shows and that means multiple groups will go onto this one show and do some- Similar things. And this is a good way to learn about more obscure things about your favorites and you can watch them interact with each other in a fun way. Some of these originals are called Ask in a Box and Let's Dance. Another way you can use YouTube is look for company specific YouTube channels. Mostly these company YouTube channels are for teasers and music videos and a lot of times they will release member introduction teasers before a group's debut. A lot of them also have behind-the-scenes mini variety shows and other content for fans. Next going on to independent YouTube creators, meaning they are not necessarily attached to any companies, they're just doing this out of love for the genre. And there is one thing we do want to mention about these kinds of creators. You should be careful when going into K-pop history videos and things like that because there's a lot of misinformation out there and even though someone sounds like they know what they're talking about, there's a chance that they've gotten something wrong. So look for people who link their sources in their descriptions and make sure that they're legit or if they're just peddling wrong information. Also, we are not saying that these creators that we're about to shout out do that. It's just an umbrella statement (laughs) about creators as a whole. (laughs) So one particular channel we wanted to talk about real quick is DKDKTV. And this channel is made up of two guys named David Kim and Danny Kim. And their about tab on their channel says, Dig in deeper into the Korean wave. One thing that I wanted to mention about them specifically is that they have a series called explained by a korean they are both korean and it's really great in the sense that they essentially go line by line in k-pop songs and explain the meanings that non-koreans would not necessarily know about within the lyrics one that comes to mind as a reference is naughty boy by pentagon it's a very confusing song if you look at the verbatim translation but going into their series on this and looking at that episode about that song specifically it makes a lot more sense so that's a good one to look at then there's One that you wanted to talk about, correct? Yeah.
1: Informational videos about K-pop has become a lot more popular recently, and I think it's great. Channels like Red Velvet Sus for instance is one, but one that I wanted to just lightly share because they don't only talk about the facts is midnight theories because they make more informational videos but they also make videos about like k-pop theories and k-pop conspiracy theories which i find absolutely fascinating because it also covers things that are relevant in the k-pop fan community which might be interesting to you maybe not take All conspiracy theories with a grain of salt, please.
2: The next source of information that I want to talk about are K-pop profiles. The one that we wanted to specifically talk about is K-Profiles, because they cite where they get their information from, and citing is important, as we have said multiple times. This is full of information on members' nationalities, heights, entertainment companies, debut dates, title tracks, random trivia, and where the trivia comes from, which is great. And it's just a legitimate fountain of information. A lot of times they also have official Twitters, Facebooks, and other social media accounts linked directly on that, and there's even a search bar so you can put exactly which group you want to look for and most likely will come up. They have some very obscure groups on that page. It's also good for looking at former members of certain groups and finding info that is not on Wikipedia and it is also made for fans by fans which is really cool. Another page that you can always turn to is what Min? (laughs) Well as I said
1: earlier we wrote a blog. Actually, two blogs, but I wrote one of them, so don't trust that one as much as the second one. But we have a blog called Kpop of the Day and Kpop of the Day 2, spelled Kpop OTD and Kpop OTD2 at tumblr.com. Very professional, but it's basically two daily blogs where each day of the year, because they all lasted a single year. We showcase songs that were released in the second blog we showcased both boy group, girl group, and indie slash miscellaneous groups. And these blogs are currently finished, but you can still go back in the archives to find songs that were like, what came out on March 20th? in like 1990 you can go look at it it's very interesting and you should definitely go look through the archives though on the original one I would just be a bit cautionary about dates when it comes to 90s music just because the 90s was a mess (laughs) We'll, we'll get back to that even though our blogs are currently done We are working on more informative content, both here with our podcast and our deep dive episodes, as well as on other platforms later on that we will tell you about later on. But as always, even with us, be cautious. If there's anything that sounds a bit off, always double check. Everybody can get stuff wrong. (laughs) and it's okay. Let's jump over to another place to find information that you should also take with a grain of salt every now and then.
0: So let's get into some English translated news sites for K-pop. I'm talking about sites that specifically try to display K-pop news. So first up, probably the one that everyone knows is All K-pop. It started around 2007 and it's one of the largest K-pop sites today. It tends to be criticized for inaccurate translations and leaning into gossip and drama but I've been introduced to a lot of great sources from them. Like when I first started having an interest in researching K-pop, they provided a lot of good sources. And also like there were a couple of BBC articles that I would have missed if it weren't for them. So they've got some good stuff, to be honest. They also sometimes when they do put the source in there, they lead you sometimes to a gold mine of information. And also they have a wide selection of K-pop merchandise in their store, like K-pop inspired stuff. The next source I wanna talk about is Koreaboo. It's a media and entertainment company that features K-pop news and content. In 2012, it became the creator and co-founder of the largest K-pop convention, KCON. Uh, the next one that a lot of people like is Soompi. They began in 1998 by an H.O.T. fan looking to connect with others like her in America. I'm not making that up. Look on their about page. I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. I actually didn't know about it till I was researching them. It is currently one of the most trusted sources for K-pop news in English. I'm going to turn to JR.
2: I- I also want to mention just quickly about soompi that one of the reasons people find it to be one of the most trusted is that they don't jump on stories as soon as they come out they usually take their time with releasing an article which we really appreciate as fans But yeah another website that i want to mention is soul beats. i wanted to mention them because they have a lot of good articles talking about k-pop and they even have interviews with k-pop groups sometimes even indie groups which is really cool and a lot of their content is from guest contributors, which is cool too. From their website about page, it says that they were founded in 2008 and they have been a platform for reflections on Korean entertainment. So that means it's not necessarily only about K-pop, I guess, but that's all I've ever used them for. They're interested in the world of Hallyu, but also what it implicates about culture. So yeah, that's really cool. And then there's one more site we're going to talk about, Onyx. And this is one that I like using. It's What the
0: K-Pop. It's a small, but it's a good site. They don't post as often as other sources, like compared to All K-Pop and Soompi, which post quite a bit and quite often. They don't post as much, but they do a great job of providing context for news that needs it. And sometimes what I like doing is when I'm interested in a story, Looking at how it's reported on different sites, because they'll each have different understandings of the article, or they'll have different translations for it. But I like What the K-Pop, because they do a lot of deep dives on context. Surrounding it, it's also important to note that they do not feed into malicious gossip at all. And there have been times where they will release a statement saying, hey, we're not going to cover this because it is just... Gossip. We're not touching it. And so they are probably one of the more respected and I would say one of the more honorable English sites about K pop. Like, you don't go into it feeling like, ooh, I'm feeding the sharks. That's the reason Mm -hmm. why I like it. So, now that we've given you sort of like the startup information, which some people, just as casual K pop fans, use, let's start diving into sites that more
1: people use to go into research. Let's start off with Naver. Naver is basically a Korean search engine. It's pretty much known as the Korean version of Google, but they have a web page called music.naver, which is basically a music database. It's an absolutely wonderful resource to finding the discography of pretty much any Korean artist, and it also updates daily with new releases from both more well-known companies to indie music There is a lot of music on this website But it's only in Korean So having a base understanding of how to read Hangul is a plus Though I personally just figured out using the web page by clicking on random things until I was like, oh, this is where the where you can see this artist's discography. I know no Korean and I still managed to figure out this website. So it's okay. And we've relied on this website a lot for release dates. But <laughs> they are not always a hundred percent correct especially with music from the 90s and earlier than the 90s this isn't necessarily neighbor's fault by itself there was a lot of not so good like organizational stuff happening with korean music around that time There was a whole mess that i don't think we are gonna go into today but there is a lot of 90s Uh, Release dates that are either just flat-out wrong or they don't even have a date for them So when looking into older artists Try your best to find other sources for dates It might sound a bit weird but the best way I've found to figure out a date when you've gotten Many different dates, like Wikipedia tells you one date. Korean Wikipedia tells you a different date. Chinese Wikipedia tells you a third date. Neighbor tells you a fourth date. Find places that sells the album you're looking for a date. They're usually right. (laughs) Sounds weird but it works.
2: And another thing that's cool is you don't need to write in Korean into the search bar. You can actually put English and many times the correct artist will pop up. Yeah. Yes. That has saved me a lot.
0: <laughs> yes. I started using Hangul only when I knew the artist's Hangul name just because it came up way quicker. Like there's some older artists where if they're using like their actual name and you try to write their actual Korean name with English letters, you will not get that artist. So mainly writing in English letters works if it's a group name not so much if it's like an individual person's real name Mm
2: -hmm. just heads up about that
0: and also important thing to note is that sometimes the discography does not include foreign releases I found many times like Japanese releases to be missing from their page so just heads up it is an excellent source but it is not perfect or like they'll miss some of the discography like, if you try to look up Sugar, which is an older group, they'll list the albums, but some of the tracks are missing. So that's important.
1: Yeah, but it's still a very good way to find new artists, especially indie artists.
0: But you have to kind of know that what you're looking for. It's not like Wikipedia, where you can fall into a hole and then end up, like, very far away. It kind of limits you to the same realm. Like, it doesn't have a section for, oh, all the artists that released something in this year. It specifically, it chains what people are connected with what groups that's how they chain it uh which has been kind of interesting like there's some groups i had no idea used to have more members or like what members were a part of it but it does have like a limit like you can't play 10 degrees of separation very well (laughs) with that site
1: also they do have very basic information about groups And sometimes links to a separate Naver page, like an artist's actual Naver page, not their Naver Music page you can find through Naver Music. Which sometimes has good information, but more often than not it's just their debut year, what music genre there is, and maybe their label and maybe a website, like... But you might end up finding some good information either on their artist page or even in album descriptions. You can find some really good information. It's all in Korean. You might need a lot of Google translating. (laughs) But you'll find something. So let's move on to something completely different.
2: Going back to video content, Vlive is a good app for learning more about an artist. If you're trying to find specific information, it can probably be a bit too much for that specifically. And this is also under the intermediate kind of level of research because while a lot of videos do have subtitles, they are usually released without subtitles or the lives obviously are not released with English subtitles so having a basic understanding of Korean is good for that but otherwise it's just it's more of a fun resource than something that will be super informative Min you have another one for us
1: Yeah, last step on our intermediate ladder is interviews, which might sound kind of obvious, but they also, you need to put in a bit more effort when looking for information in interviews, because a lot of interviews are basically, here, talk about your newest release. So you can get a lot of good information out of interviews, but they can be really hard to either find or have the effort to sort through. Just a little heads up, if you find articles of an artist criticizing their company, and you may want to refer to it later, be sure to download it, because a lot of negative things said about companies by their own artists or former artists tend to disappear. Always download stuff, just so we have it, if you're making anything informational. It's nice. Take copies. Stay safe anyways let's go up another difficulty level into stuff that is even harder to get into but you'll find a lot of fascinating things
0: now that you kind of have the general basics like you're trying to research artists that's typically when we were researching for daily posts that would be like the max that we would go to like those would be like the sources that's it but now let's say that you want to go into just like a massive deep dive into K-pop. well I've got some sources for you. On advanced level, we have some books. So these are books that I purchased, and this is before I knew Min and JR. So a lot of my information, a lot of knowledge I have of older music, and a lot of older K-pop and the understanding I have of K-pop come from these sources. So the first one I want to mention, which is an excellent source, is... Globalization and Popular Music in South Korea by Michael Fuhr. If you're interested in learning about K-pop from more of an academic view, this is a great book for that. This book even goes as far back as the late 1800s to explain how music in Korea changed after Westerners started hanging around. It's primarily written from a cultural anthropology view, but it also goes into music theory, I've mentioned it before, and I think it's a great book for people who want to look at K-pop on a macro scale. The only problem I had with it is that it had incorrect information about H.O.T. basics that could easily have been looked up. But other than that, though, it is a great source, and the only place you can find it really is Amazon, but I do refer to it quite a bit. The next book I want to mention is Pop Goes Korea, Behind the Revolution in Movies, Music, and Internet Culture, 2nd edition by Mark Russell. And yes, the sources for these will be, uh, we will link them so you can find these books for yourself because I know these are really long titles. This is an informative book primarily about the history of music and chaebol companies in Korea, which is very important to know in order to make connections of understanding with what's going on on the business side of the Korean entertainment industry. There's also interesting chapters on television and comics, but it's not the best source for learning about K-pop, as it's only a very small section, and it mainly talks about Lee soo as though he's the end-all be-all of K-pop, which... I have an issue with, but I also got this book on Amazon, but the reason why I mention it though is that it gives more context to understanding entertainment, and also a lot of people, believe it or not, do not agree that K-pop is part of the Hallyu wave, so it is kind of explaining why people don't agree with it, but there's some people even in K-pop who don't agree it's part of the Hallyu wave, like JYP has gone on the record with saying that he doesn't think K-pop is part of Hallyu and that it's something different. So that's kind of important. The next couple sources I want to talk about are news. Just This is just general news from Korea that I look at. One is the Chosun Ilbo. It started as a newspaper in 1920, and it has a lot of good articles on there, such as news about H.O.T.'s lawsuit first came out that was reported in English, but the results I have not seen translated to the extent of all the information compared to what was on Chosun Ilbo. However, sometimes they don't link their articles properly to where you'll find a really good article that you want to use, but then where'd it go? (laughs) You don't know. They've gotten better about it recently, but just heads up. The next website I use a lot is the Korea Herald. It covers a wide range of topics and updates frequently. It is my go-to news site for Korean news. And then the next thing I want to mention is about specific sites, because if you have something you really want to focus on, you're going to find specific sites that are best for you. For example, I've been researching HOT for years, and I only go to Jpop Asia for translations of lyrics because, believe it or not, most places do not have a comprehensive list of lyrics for all five albums. Yeah, for a group in the 90s. Shocking. Uh, Another website that is really fascinating to me is called Rock on the Ice. And it's a great website for trying to find information in English about older artists. Like I'm talking about from the 70s or 80s that are not like I wouldn't classify them as K-pop because pop did exist in Korea in the 80s, but wasn't the K-pop we know today until the mid-90s, but it is a fascinating website though, so I do recommend it. Other sites you can go to are fan cafes and Korean articles, but the problem is that these require a lot of knowledge of Korean. Like, even if you use Google Translate or Papago, like, you're still going to have issues. Some things just won't translate correctly, and it helps when you actually have more of an understanding of the language, because there, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of times where all K-pop Korea Boo, Soompi, like they will miss big stories just because they have a certain type of K pop news that they go for. So going to actual Korean sites, you're gonna get more of a different view than you would get if you just went to English sourced ones. And then also sometimes fan cafes or archived blogs on Naver or Dom. Dom is another search engine in Korea that's a big deal. They are great for finding first-hand information of events from a fan's perspective. And especially like historical events in K-pop. Though fan cafes are excellent for that. Same with like old blogs. Last thing I want to mention is the culture report. So the K-O-F-I-C-E which is short for the Korean Foundation for International Cultural Exchange. is a website that has a lot of information about the Hallyu Wave. But most notably, like this is something really important that I care about. It produces a global Hallyu report about how the Hallyu Wave affects Korea's politics, economy, and cultural outreach. And it is put on by the Korean government. So that's why it is so important. So if you genuinely do want to do a deep dive and you can kind of understand business slash politics talk and policy talk, that is a good source for it. So all these sources that I'm mentioning, I consider them to be kind of advanced sources just because they are kind of difficult and it requires a lot of work on your part to get these books. They're not free. So there's a lot of effort that goes into it. So now let's transition into, okay, so you do want to tackle these Heavy resources. You want to use Naver, music, and you want to research, but you don't know Korean. Well, we can help you with that.
2: So, going into a lot of the intermediate stuff and on will require you to read Korean, so here are a few resources for learning. It's helpful to at least be able to read your group's name and the member's name so you can pick them out of a sea of hangul. Also, the best way to learn how to be conversational is to talk to other Koreans, although this could be difficult depending on where you live. Yep. But there are actually apps for that that I'm not going to mention, but you can find Buddies that will speak to you in Korean and English or whatever language you're learning. The alphabet is not as scary as it looks either and you can learn it in about an hour if you really apply yourself. So speaking of the alphabet, there is an app called the Hangul app. I'm pretty sure it's for both iOS and Android, but I have an Android, so I can't say for sure that it is for iOS. It has a red guy on the cover, and it's very good for learning the alphabet. That's what I used when I learned it. And the alphabet in general is not as intimidating as it looks. I learned the whole thing in probably an hour, and then I ended up doing a deep dive of writing the language and um, botchim practice during about a two-hour flight, and it was pretty easy. So if you just sit yourself down, Have some resources in front of you. You can learn it pretty quickly. Speaking is a whole other story. Yeah.
0: So the next app that I use frequently is Duolingo. And I mainly use it because it's great for introducing learners to the Korean vocabulary and grammar. It doesn't have really much of a pronunciation practice like it does with other programs. But that's primarily because it is also one of the newer programs that they have on there so they're still working out the kinks though they have actually added more recently the site is free and it is for android ios they have apps for that but it's also like an actual website you can go to but there is an option to get a paid version to get rid of ads and i used it very heavily it took me less than two years to finish like the whole program like it's a, literally a whole language learning program i spent a long time on the Hangul because I really struggled with what are basically the vowels. So it really got my Hangul reading up to speed, which was so important when I came to Korea. And it has really helped me. And at times I would supplement it with other sites, but it was really helpful for me to get like the basics so that when I first landed in Korea and I wanted to go shopping, I was able to kind of work my way around Like, kind of fun fact, when I first landed in Korea, I accidentally left all my Korean notes, all my Korean dictionaries at home, on accident. So, um, I- whatever I retained from remembering of Duolingo, that really helped. There was also a time where I did not have internet access, unless I went to a PC bong. So yeah, what I learned on Duolingo genuinely saved me. Yeah, I do recommend- for language learning, I do recommend Duolingo Very highly.
2: The next one that is kind of similar to Duolingo is Memorize. And again, this one is better for vocab, not so great for speaking.
0: And the last one we want to mention is Drops, which I use every day. It is really good for vocab and also not only does it have a very different range of vocabulary from other programs, it also though limits you to 5 minutes per day. So, I have an issue with apps and a lot of other educational websites where I just don't stop like I will spend hours on there and I kind of have an addiction to them. So, Drops limits me. It says you did your 5 minutes. No more till tomorrow. (laughs) Like it it has limits, which is something that I need because I'm bad at it. So let's say that you've started on the apps. You're like, okay, but now you wanted to look at, let's say, different books. Where do you go, JR?
2: Well, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking to speak conversational Korean, you can use Korean for dummies. There, if I remember correctly, there is no hongo in it at all. It's all romanized, which is not a great way to learn. But if you're looking to learn a few phrases quick, that one's good for that. Another one is Mastering Korean by Barons, and this one is more heavy on pronunciation and technical stuff. Although, again, the romanization is different than what you will see today because it is a more of an older book, but there's still a lot of good resources in that. Another way to learn Korean through books is using children's books. It's a lot easier to u- read from a children's book because usually there's only about a sentence or two per page, and the sentences are much simpler than a normal novel, say. Another one that you can look at is a series, and I'm pretty sure this is what the series is called. It's Shi Sa Yong O Sa, and Google translates that to current English history, and it's part of YBM. And these are books that are side-by-side Korean and English novels. So, for instance, I Have Demian and For Whom the Bells Toll. And on one page, there is the Korean, and on the other page, there is the English. So you can kind of look at them side-by-side while you're reading and maybe say, like, oh, I don't know what this word is. You can look at the English, and it's almost like having a dictionary right next to you. So that one's a really cool one to use, too especially if you like reading. And then for if you want something a bit more formal, you can use this next resource.
0: So are the last resource that we are going to mention, we are mainly cutting it off here because we've just basically dropped a piano on you. So the last resource that we want to mention is TTMK, So TTMK is short for Talk To Me In Korean. It is a great website for learning Korean as it explains tricky pronunciation and grammar points. They have a YouTube channel and they make their own textbooks, which people I work with who are also from overseas, they actively use those textbooks. And also what I like about it is that it has a placement test and like it records your progress as you go on. It has a lot of cool colloquialisms. Like, things that actual Korean speakers would say, or uh, sometimes it mentions Korean idioms. And they're a great source. Like, when I was going through Duolingo, I was supplementing it with talk to me in Korean, as well as drops. Like, I was using a combination of different sources in order to give myself a more well-rounded education. But that is going to be the last source that we will mention. And also, as I'm the only person who actually has been to Korea out of the three of us, unfortunately... Uh, we would love to eventually have someone work with us who actually is Korean and who actually knows Korean way better than we do. But for right now, it's just me. And I have to say that all the sources that I'm listing, they are very helpful for not just if you were to come to Korea and want to live here or you just want to come because, hey, you've seen the dramas, you've listened to the music, you want to come and experience the country. Like these are good things to set you off on. So that's just where I want to end it for today. And let's move on to the trivia question. So, last time I asked you, who was the first Korean-American K-pop idol? And the answer to that, shockingly, is Jinu from jinwoo He was born on October 23rd, 1971, And debuted in Jin in 1997 and is 48 years old at the time of this recording. Which was kind of shocking to me because he not only debuted the earliest as a K-pop Korean-American, but he also is genuinely the oldest as well. So now let's turn it to Min. Why don't you tell us the... Basically a collection of songs of the
1: day, not one song of the day. For the song of the day. So today, March 15th, all the way back in 2007, Yoonhao released her first album... The perfect day to say I love you, with the single Password486. Also today, in 2012, Newest made their debut with the single Face.
2: Alrighty. thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode then be sure to like follow subscribe and tell your friends about us if you want to interact with us or find more of our content then you can follow us on twitter at kpop or on our tumblr pages which will be in the show notes along with the sources used for this episode our next episode comes out on april 5th 2020 so please be on the lookout for that thanks everyone bye bye goodbye